0: What Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis. And we're back for Arsenal versus Sheffield United tomorrow, three o'clock kickoff. And we've got resident Arsenal fan Rob joining us again. He enjoyed it so much the last time. He's come back for seconds. Uh, <laughs> Travis, you must have made a good impression on him because he's back.
1: That's it, mate. Long-lasting and he's back for more. Big game tomorrow, then like <laughs> the Chelsea game, so let's get straight into it, man. Big game.
0: Either that or he wants to rant and rave about the Chelsea VAR
2: debacles, Rob.
1: <laughs> Mate,
2: I, don't, I don't even know where you start with that. A...
0: <laughs> Let, let's start with it, Rob, because uh I'm obviously a stickler for the rules. VAR, being a Liverpool fan, I feel, I might be wrong, but I feel like I've been on the... Harsh end of VAR decisions, not just this season, but in past seasons. Ten years, I'd say, uh, even though VAR's only been in for three of them. But let's just kick off at Arsenal-Chelsea. Saliba's handball, the penalty. Sanchez, GBH on... uh, Who was it on? Who did he clear out? Was it
2: Jesus? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's that's why Jesus is out for two weeks now. It's not because of his hammock. (laughs) (laughs) That collision. (laughs)
0: Um, I mean, we spoke about it on the last poddy. Like I said, no one knows more than me Um, going toe-to-toe with Man City in the last five years that every point counts and it can really make a difference towards the end of the season. It's always nip and tuck towards the end of the season and... Is that two points dropped or is it a point gained considering you're 2-0 down?
2: I think let's let's start with the Saliba handball penalty. It's one of those that you know as a football fan it's not a penalty, but you know it's gonna get given. It's just so it's like so frustrating because for me, when that ball's crossed in, Saliba already has his hand in the air before mudric uh before mudric uh, heads the ball onto his arm so how can you say that he's put his arm out and affected that if, if that if that makes sense what what i'm trying right. to say is Mud- mudric is heading the ball already onto Saliba's arm which is already out bef- before the the balls, before the ball's even touched his head and i just think i just think there's no there's no clarity around the handball anymore. Like as a football fan, it's like you know that it's you know that it's not a handball, but you know it's going to get given.
0: See, it's that's just, the it's, sad
2: thing, Rob. That's the sad thing. When I watched it,
0: as a Liverpool fan, I can't. Even, I still don't think it's a penalty. I still it, can't it, think how he's given it, especially it, with this season where the handball rule has been more sketchy than ever. This season, I don't even know what the handball rule is anymore. I don't know if you two are uh, do and you can teach me. But when I've seen it. That's not a penalty in any any game
2: ever, least of all this season. For me, I feel like with the handballs, I believe if there's enough distance from the ball being sh- either headed or striked, if there's enough distance between that, that situation and the ball hitting someone's hand, I think it's acceptable to give a penalty. So when you look at, uh, on the same day, the Diaz and Michael Keane one, I believe there's enough distance there... For Michael Keane to not necessarily move his hand out the way, but why have you got your hand out that far, if that makes sense? There's enough distance, whereas with that one, there's no distance whatsoever. Saliba has already got his hand in the air before the action of Mudrick heading the ball onto his hand. So for me, it's not a penalty, but you know it's going to get given. And that's the most frustrating thing. It's so yeah. so frustrating. And when you, oh, it, I just feel like with the whole refereeing situation now that Arsenal are back in the uh, Champions League, like the refereeing in Europe is so much better. That the flow of the game, the flow of VAR, everything. I just feel like our referees are just. It's all about them. There's there's no there's no clarity with decisions. There's no clarity with the rules. Every single week it changes. It's just I just. I find it so hard and it's so frustrating because, like like I said, you know that isn't a penalty, but you know it's going to get given. It's what yeah. we talk about now, isn't it, lads?
0: VAR, and it's not just two or three times a season. It's two or three times every single game. But Trav, the McTominay penalty, was it? It was
1: Champions League Tuesday night, no. wasn't it? No, yeah, that was a foul, United. but he gave a penalty away, then Sheffield United, which was what he... Sheffield United, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, later on the same
0: day. Now that was a penalty. That was a Because you've penalty. seen a yeah. move towards it,
1: and there was and a lot of can... distance between the player. Yes, yeah, this... Movement towards yeah. the ball, but, but I like to say, how can you change the What's happening in this country is that they're just going down the letter of the law too much because I think there's so much like fan pressure and media pressure over refereeing decisions that the refs are just now turning around and making decisions of the letter of the law and saying, well, that's what's in the rule book. They're not using common sense anymore. So for example, with that Saliba one, it's not an unnatural position because his arms in the air about 10 seconds before like Mudrik even heads it. Like there's just no reaction time either. It's just stupid just to give that decision. But what they've done is he's looked at his arm in the air and just said, oh, it's handball because it's an unnatural position. And the other thing as well, what I think kills, kills the handball rule is that they're just like, the, the reaction time from the decisions that they're giving is just getting ridiculous now. Like literally a yard away, just your arm. And you can't jump. You can't actually physically jump without putting your elbow above your waist. Like who jumps like that in a pencil? Like you just can't jump like that. So I just think, like you said, the refs and the VAR, they've got to use the common sense when they're making these decisions now. And I think it's getting worse because they've got so much technology to really analyse these decisions and slow it down, and they're still getting it wrong. And I, I think I don't know how they fix it, but I just think that the handball rule just needs a whole overhaul in terms of the decisions that they make. I think it needs stripping back and starting again. Rob, do you think it should be replayed? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't no, no, <laughs> Take a point. I'll take a point. As soon as <laughs> play,
0: I'll take a point. No replay. No replay. No replay. <laughs> now nah, go on then. Let's let's move on to the next VAR contentious decision. That uh, GBH from Sanchez. Tell me how that is not a
2: penalty. Do, do you know? Do you know what the the funny thing is? I, I I can accept that that's not a penalty. I know you might think it's ridiculous, but the Saliba decision's more frustrating. I feel like with the Jesus one is. It's it's very difficult to make a ruling around that because goalkeepers have to come through players to get the ball. Whereas if you make a rule, it's a difficult one. I know he gets smashed and I know he gets clattered, but Jesus didn't head the ball. Like Jesus wasn't really near the ball in terms of he he didn't he didn't have an opportunity to head that ball. He never did. Like obviously Tomiyasu headed it. If if Sanchez comes and clatters Asu, I think it's a totally different situation. I feel like if you make a ruling where you say if a keeper comes and he smashes a defender, midfielder, whoever, and it's a penalty, it's a very grey area because it, it means that can keepers come for the ball anymore? Will will strikers just stand and get hit? And then yeah. you go, oh, it's a penalty. So for me, I feel as though that one is it's more 50-50. Like if it's given, you're not going to moan, but it will... As an Arsenal fan, I, I can accept that that wasn't given as a penalty. The one that frustrates me is the Saliba one. really does. The last thing I want refs to do is to level up a game
0: because of an earlier mistake they made. However, in the context of that game, in the contentious Saliba penalty, I think that should have been given. And I'd still, I still think it was a penalty.
1: Um, do you think it's any different from the Inanna one against Wolves on the first day of the season? Do you think it's pretty similar to that?
2: No, I feel, I feel like- as though the Onana one, the player that was fouled, was closer to heading the ball than what Jesus was. Jesus was almost in a pack of players. Yeah. Whereas, the, where, whereas it was the two Wolves guys going up for a header That's and Onana's clattered, more. clattered. But did he clatter both of them at the same time? More or less,
1: yeah. More or, more less.
2: or less. Whereas I feel like that one's more of, Jesus doesn't actually jump to, to try and head the ball at any point. And, and Sanchez almost fouls him as he's jumping and, and Jesus is on like grounded to the floor. So I feel yeah. as though that one's a little bit more like if it was given as a penalty, I would have never said, Oh, that's not a penalty. But with it not being given as a penalty, I can almost accept it oh, more okay. so than the Saliba situation. Hmm. Um
0: on to Tuesday night, Rob. An away win in the Champions League to Sevilla of all places as well. Tough place to go. You got the and, three point. <laughs> yeah, Trav knows that <laughs> more than anyone. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's come at a price of Jesus being out injured yet again. What's the prognosis?
2: How long is he going to be out for? Uh, they're saying a couple of weeks, but if our is say a couple of weeks, it means he'll be back for Newcastle. That's what I, <laughs> he'll be, I think he'll be back for Newcastle. I, I feel as though they've lo- probably looked at it and thought, look, I'm not saying Sheffield United are walking apart. No game and the Prems are walking apart. But I feel as though they, they're probably looking at it and thinking, Look, we can we can let him sit out this we can let him sit out this weekend. We can let him sit out the League Cup game and try and get him ready for the Newcastle game. So I I I, I think he'll be ready for the Newcastle game. And obviously Party's injured as well. we do you know what? The start of the season's yeah, been so breaking today. Yeah. The start of the season's been so frustrating because I feel like we've lacked a little bit of fluidity in our play, but I believe we've lacked fluidity because we've not had a, a set Set eleven. I don't think any time during the season we're going to have a set eleven because I feel as though we're going to rotate a lot. But I feel as though there's been a lot of games where you look and you go, "Okay, well, also I haven't got party, also I haven't got Jesus, also I haven't got Martinelli." There's been a lot of games like that this season. So injuries, I I feel have been have been massive for us in terms of not how many points we've got because I feel like we've got a good points tally, we're top of our Champions League group, but I feel like fluidity around the way we're playing at the moment is being hampered through injuries. Declan Rice, your man of the match. I think you said on the text Tuesday night. Yeah, him or Tommy Asu for me. Like, just that. Seville tried so many times to get down our left hand side, but Tommy Asu and, and Declan Rice. Which every time the ball was getting popped into a channel, if Tommy Asu wasn't there, Declan Rice was there. He just covers so much ground. It's
1: just, yeah, it's
2: I, 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 sorry, what? Sorry, sorry. No, it's off.
1: ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much ground he covers. Declan Rice a machine, it. isn't he? Yeah.
2: It, it, the appreciation level of him now playing for Arsenal has just gone tenfold. Like I, I I I was believed, like for me, you look at Party and you think, can Rice do what Party does on the ball? I still believe Party's a better footballer in terms of on the ball, but the whole game, the all-round game, Declan Rice, he's just an absolute monster. Just just everything he does, he, he does it, he does it with purpose and yeah he does it with drive and intention and and you know that everything that he's going to do is going to be to to a a good level and a good standard he he, he's he's just surprised i think he surprised arsenal fans so much and i think the fact that no one's talking about the fact that he was a hundred million tells you everything you really need to know yeah you wanted him at man
0: united bad didn't you try well we all did i'd have loved him at liverpool
1: yeah, he's the um, type. Of, he's definitely the type of player we've needed for such a long time. And like I said, the frustrating thing from a United perspective, just to touch on it, I know it's an Arsenal thing, but we've literally bought three or four midfielders for the for over the price of rice, and we're just nowhere near that level. So yeah, I think it's a fantastic coup for Arsenal. Can play the six and the eight. The scary thing is as well, he's just going to get better, isn't he? Like he's only young. What is he? Twenty four? Is he? Yeah, maybe twenty four. What is he going to be like when he's like 28? He's going to be ridiculous.
2: Uh, And in that game against Seville, like we deployed him in two different positions, kind of like uh, in the uh, in the first half an hour. Basically, in the first half, he was playing as like a double pivot with Jorginho. He's more or less sitting in the sixth with Jorginho. They're both trying to gain control of of a difficult away game in the Champions League. And then in the second half, like obviously we scored right on the stroke of half time. And in the second half, he was just like playing as an eight. But then you'd see him pop up in, like I said, like the left hand channel. And he was just doing so much work. And, and and the funny thing with Rice is you don't look, I, I don't think I would say, oh, Rice needs a rest at the weekend. I feel like he's ready to go again. He's like yeah. an iPhone charger. Like you plug him, like literally <laughs> he plays the game, and then you plug him in, and he's 100% the next yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight i he's crazy he's, he's crazy he's honestly crazy. he's crazy but that, that game puts these players in
0: the top level is the, as well though isn't it their durability their injury yeah. record is just so robust
2: yeah hopefully he's gonna be robust hopefully he doesn't get that Arsenal injury gene but that game was massive yeah. for us I feel as though so, because we've got a young side and when you look at that Seville team in comparison to Arsenal I know that Seville are more Renowned to be a top Europa League team, but they've got players that have played a lot of Champions League football. You know, you like uh, Navas, you like some Ramos. They've Mm. played a lot of Champions League football in comparison to that Arsenal team. And we went into that game, and it was it was a a difficult atmosphere, a difficult place to go in Europe. Uh, The the pitch wasn't great. It was raining there was emphasis on us to get a positive result because we lost at Lons. And I feel as though that was massive for us as a as a team and a club to realise that no, we're we're a good side in this Champions League. Like we can go to Seville and win. I know it's not a Real Madrid, but that was that was huge for us. because we've not been in the Champions League for seven years. It's a long, long time. And to play a game at the weekend at Chelsea, which was tough, we didn't play well, and then to go back, to bounce back and win in Seville, I feel as though that was that was huge
1: it was probably the one game the one fixture that you looked at in the group as well out of the six where you thought you could drop points in that game do you know i mean i'm not saying you would have definitely won the other five but it was probably the one fixture where you thought do you know what if you lost narrowly it wouldn't have come as a surprise like you said sevilla been around the block they're a very experienced european outfit They've been in the Champions League. They've won many Europa League as well. And you and you would have thought like Arsenal potentially with a young side going out there, they could have come unstuck. But like you said, over the week to get four points out of those two games and then going into the Sheffield United game, if you can get seven points out of the week, I think it would be a, a fantastic return.
0: Yeah, sorry, lads, I just had to shut the bedroom door. I think the dog turned the TV up. He's watching uh, Spurs, Crystal <laughs> Palace. Um, I'll go and join him after this. Uh, on to Sheffield United, Rob. No pressure, but I've got Arsenal in last man standing. Uh, we're down to about the last six from fifty people, and we're on about round nine now. I've got nowhere to go next week, so it don't really matter if I get through. But Arsenal
2: are not going to let me down, are they? No, we shouldn't do. Realistically, we shouldn't do. What I would say about Sheffield United is, I like to look at, I like to look at the ways that the opposition can get a result. So Sheffield United, other than the Newcastle game, which they lost, was it eight or nine nil? Was it nine nil?
1: Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine.
2: They've only lost by one goal in every single game. City City scored a late goal against them. Yeah, Spurs scored late two late goals against them. Man U scored. So I don't think it because we're playing at home. I fully expect us to win. Don't get me wrong. And I, I feel like we should be winning comfortably. But it, it's all about it's all about uh, squad management. What does Arteta do? Because Does he he put his best team out in terms of who's fit? Or does he look at it and go, "Mm, well, this is a game where I can maybe play Habits as a number nine. This is a game where maybe I can try, uh, maybe play Kivior. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of team he puts out because we've got a League Cup game uh, against West Ham during the week. And is he going to look at it and think, well, I can rest my players for this game and maybe get into the next round of the League Cup? Or is he going to go, no, the League is my bread and butter. I'm going to put my best team out, and then I'm going to rest players for West Ham during the week, because then, obviously, the week after, we've got Newcastle, which is a massive game. So I'm more interested in seeing how he's going to use the squad. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, because, obviously, uh, Habits, uh, obviously there's no Jesus, there's no Partey. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who plays as the number nine, because when Eddie came on during the week he just didn't affect the game at all. He just came on, he was no. giving fouls away. It was an Eddie game. It just seemed like he lacked any emphasis in his play. Like He came on, he wasn't pressing, he was making stupid fouls, he wasn't running the channel. So it'd be interesting to see what Arteta does. Does he go with Havertz as a nine or does he play Eddie? But yeah, I'm just more interested to see how we're going to use the squad for this, uh, for this Sheffield United game. Arteta would have definitely got experience from last
0: season, Monty Trav? As Rob says, the league is his bread and butter. He's got to be going strong in the league and not be detracted like he was last season in the Europa League. Yeah, I
1: think I'm not. Yeah, I mean, the the league looks like it's up for grabs a little bit as well, like in that sense, because obviously Man City have already lost a couple. I know they've bounced back with a win, but this this is the time where Arsenal still being unbeaten in the league they've got to kick on they've got a press so if anything you'll probably go strong and take a few boys off after 60 if the game's wrapped up mm. I don't think he will take any risks with the result I expect him to just try and put the game to bed around half time or just after so I expect him to go quite strong with the lineup to be fair um, yeah I can't see anything but an Arsenal win as well Arsenal are very strong at home very difficult to beat. I expect them to start fast. We know Sheffield United they're going to play. Like you said, they've lost narrowly all season, but I expect them to just go with the typical two banks, try not to get beat heavily, get that the onuses on Arsenal to try and break us down, those sorts of vibes. I can't see him being adventurous in any way, shape or form. But I expect Arsenal to be purring, come out of the block, score a couple of early goals. And I think it'll be a comfortable day at the office for him. to be honest. Um,
0: I don't know if you used a check FPL yet, Rob. You're more into it than Trav, but I've wild carded this week. Oh, what have you gone for? Uh, no, sorry, not wild carded free hit. I've oh,
1: gone hit. Hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that,
2: <laughs>
0: for one a week change. only, baby. I've packed it with uh Arsenal, Aston Villa, nice. and Liverpool.
2: You oh, save man. those three hits for double game weeks. You save
0: oh, them. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> rookie error. not enough for them things here on me. <laughs> to, <a> new... <laughs> be, to be fair, the changes.
2: The changes I made, I brought Undoggy out and I put uh, in. You've got lucky there. He's not playing. Yeah, I not? took him out. That's why I no. took him out because I didn't think he was going to play. That was, that's experience. And then I took uh, Hoyland out. I took Hoyland out, <laughs> and I he's took crap. out. <laughs> I put Alvarez in because I'm just thinking Harry Maguire up against Alvarez. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so go and then Rob have a have a shot of being Arteta for the night and pick me a team because obviously part of my free hit I put in Odegaard, Saka, and Saliba.
2: What do I think the team will be? Is that where you is that where you're asking me? Yeah. yeah. So I think he will go Ramsde... No, I'm joking. He'll go
1: (laughs) (laughs) go go Trav's Twitter would go off.
2: (laughs) I think he'll go Ryer in goal. I think he's going to play Tommy at left-back. I think it's a game for Zinchenko in terms of we're going to have a lot of the ball, but I feel as though he's going to reward Tommy Asu for playing well when he came on against Chelsea and obviously the other night in Seville. So it'd be harsh for Tommy Asu to, to be pulled out and then play the League Cup game. So I I, I think he's going to play Tommy Asu at left-back and I think Zinchenko will get the League Cup game and then I think Tommy Asu will play in the uh, Newcastle game because that's going to be a very physical game. I think he'll go Gabriel and Saliba, Ben White at right-back. I think he'll give Jorginho a rest or he might, it's, it's difficult to know. The League Cup makes it difficult because you're not going to, you're not going to play Jorginho tomorrow and on and Tuesday. Makes no sense. So if he wants to play Jorginho against Newcastle, maybe Jorginho might get a rest. So he might go Rice, Havertz, Odegaard. And then he might go Eddie, Trossard, Martinelli. So he might, he might try Trossard. again in the eight. Yes. Where's my boy Saka? He's injured. Oh, so- Sorry, 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 sorry. Yo, you've got <laughs> a lot you You're man, to me. <laughs> I played, <laughs> played the free hit. <laughs> nah! I forgot about Saka. I forgot about, I forgot about Saka. Yo, they've sorry, got no. an embarrassment
1: sorry, of riches. They've about the best player, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Starboy. I forgot about Starboy. Sorry, so, Saka, sorry.
0: Eddie Martin, Martinelli, trossard on the bench.
2: Yeah, I think Trossard, Maybe I think Trossard on the bench. Sorry, and I think you. I think you'll Ooh. go. I think you'll go. No, hundred percent. Saka will play. Yeah. So I think you'll go. Uh, I think you'll go. Rice, Odegaard, maybe Havertz in the eight. Eddie Saka, Martinelli. Sounds strong. Yeah. Um. Let's head straight for. Sorry, I, I, tell, I can't believe I forgot. No, you're stop. good, man.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, man. I'm still not over yeah. it. You see them
2: beads of sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? Though, Scott, I, I honestly would not be surprised if Saka was rested because he looks a bit heavy at the moment. He's just come back from the injury. <clears throat> uh, he didn't. He didn't obviously travel with England. He looked leggy against Seville. He came off against Seville after sixty-five minutes. So I would not honestly be surprised if he did rest Saka. I'm not saying he will, but I would not be surprised if he thought, you know what, this is a good opportunity to rest Saka because. I don't want to tempt fate, but you don't get a lot of games like this in the Premier League, do you? Where you believe that if you make three, four changes, you, you still can will. still go and win the game. So I would not be surprised to see Saka on the bench. Not that I think he will be, but I wouldn't be surprised. I hope not. Mm. Rob, score prediction. Gonna go with for goal two scorers. N- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a two-nil. I'm gonna go for Eddie and Martinelli. My free hit's not looking in good shape, Trav. Apart from a uh, clean sheet <laughs> yeah. for Saliba, you're, you're looking for a seven-nil. But I don't. I don't think we're playing. I don't think we're trying to play that sort of football. I think we just. I think we're, we're we're trying to play that sort of football where, you know, we go a few goals ahead and then we just try and relax and just try and.
1: That
2: out. Those, mm-hmm. Yeah, just try and see it out. I don't think you're going to see us like the the way well, Liverpool played for me. When if Liverpool go to one or 2 0 up in the first twenty minutes, it could be anything. Honestly, it could be, but I, I believe that we're he's trying to instill into the players. Look, there's certain games where you need to reserve energy, there's certain games where you need to, you don't need to go full tilt. So I, I'm going to go for a 2 0. I'll go for a 2 0. Who's the penalty taker, Rob? Has it been confirmed definitively now? Well, we've had Havertz take a penalty, we've had Odegaard take a penalty, we've had Saka take a penalty. I think Saka's the penalty taker, but I think Odegaard and Saka have this little thing where Depending on game situation, they, they probably look at each other and go, look, you can have this one or I can have this one. And, yeah. and neither of them have missed yet. So it's not it's not an issue. It's not a problem. But I, I think I've Saka's never seen taken...
1: Odegaard miss a pen. I've never yeah, seen he's him only take,
2: he's, Yeah, he's only taken a few, obviously, this season. But I think Saka's the, the main penalty taker. But I do, I do think that, that they've got a little thing going on, whereas dependent on the game situation, they might let the other one take it.
1: Yeah. Nice one. Trav, score prediction with scorers? Yeah, I think 3 0. Arsenal. I think um, Saka will probably get a couple. I know the guard. Like I said, I think Arsenal. What you got there, Rob?
0: Is that a little beer and Moretti on
1: a Friday night? No, uh, that looked good. That did, didn't it? Oh, oh yes. Like Chris well it. Was like condensation off the side of the bottle. That looks so frosty, <laughs> frosty little bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Arsenal three 0 I think they'll be comfortable. I don't think Sheffield United. will love the quality. I mean, we've just played them and we we struggled, but we we just play such awful football. I just everyone else is, I mean, even though City nicked the game against them, they battered them. City should have been about four or five nil up before Sheffield United equalized. I just, especially being at the carpet, I just think Arsenal will just be comfortable, mate. Scorers, Trav? Did you say? Yeah, yeah Saka with a couple. I think Odegaard will score as well. Um, I think Eddie will run around and stuff and just create space. Odegaard will get on the ball. That's the thing I noticed about Odegaard. He's received a little bit of criticism. I don't know if that's... I
2: was just about to say... Is he not playing well? It's not that he's not playing well, but I feel as though he's not affecting games as much as he was last year. But I I think that's a lot on the opposition as well. You know, he had a great season last year. So if you look at the Arsenal team, who are the players that you're going to target and go... Right, like, yeah. we don't want him to get the ball. You're gonna look at Odegaard and say we don't want him to get the ball. And it's very much last season how Saka gets the ball, he's got he's got two players on him. Like teams are not teams aren't stupid. They look at players and they think, Okay, well we'll let so for example with Arsenal, it's not that Gabriel's bad on the ball, but teams are gonna go, Okay, well we won't press Saliba, but we'll press Gabriel probably a little bit more than we press Saliba and I think teams are trying to nullify Odegaard because he's our link, isn't he? Into that front three. Yeah. So and that, and that's why I feel like uh, Arteta was big on the two eights this year, because I, I feel like he wanted to take a little bit of burden off Odegaard in terms of having another player who could do what Odegaard does. It's not obviously it's not worked at the moment, but yeah, yeah. he's taken a bit of criticism in the Arsenal space. And I'm a bit surprised. People are talking about he's just signed a new contract, you know, when he like yeah, he's just signed lot. it it's wow. it's, it's ridiculous it's, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But He's just he's just out of form at the moment. He's just had a couple of games where he's probably not affected it as much, and I feel like Zinchenko's in in, in a similar in a similar frame as well with the Arsenal fans. Like Arsenal fans are straight away, all of a sudden it's oh, Tommy has to play left back every single game. No, it doesn't work like that. It oh, depends boy, who you're playing. Like for me, Sheffield United at home is a perfect game for Zinchenko. For Zinchenko, you're going to have a lot of the ball. He's going to be help you progress the ball against a team, like you said, who are just going to sit deep, have every man behind the ball. So that's Seville away, that was a perfect game for Tomiyasu. They're a physical team. Newcastle away, it's a perfect game for Tomiyasu. We've got the squad now where I feel like our, our fans, our fans were so fixed last year to an 11. And that's yeah. why we probably... Left a little bit short in the end because we played the same eleven every single week and towards the end of the season they looked tired but this year I think you're going to see so many different teams so many different combinations that the the fans need to get used to it really
0: I've said that for a couple of years now Rob, Uh, you're probably sick of me hearing it Trav, that's why Man City are Man City they bring a Gundogan out of cryogenic freezing in March he's only played like three games all season and then he blasts the last 10 to 15 games. The Arsenals, the Liverpools, they can't do that. Um, And what you were just saying there about Arsenal, their strength, other teams' opposition trying to figure them out based on last season, the success they had. It was literally like listening to peak pools, like doubling up on Saka. They've been doubling up on Salah, going for Matip because they're not going to get any change out of Van Dijk, not going to get any change out of Saliba. Um, it's, you know, these teams, they don't stand around and just accept defeat against the big teams like Arsenal, Man City,
1: Liverpool, Man U. Um, I think that's that's Arteta's job, though. Like, that's what you get paid the big bucks for and that's what the best managers do. They find a way to get those players in the game. Like you said, I think Arteta's now just got to find another way to get Odegaard back to his top level. Even when he dips under his top level, he's still top draw. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's foddering the team. He's still unbelievable, but... Like you said, he's not really hit the heights that he did last season and that there'll be reasons for that. Um, but I just think, give him time, just keep playing him in his position. He'll find little pockets of space. And like you said, it might be to do with the movements of the other players around him. Jesus was an instrumental to giving Odegaard space last season with his runs and behind and the way that he stretches teams. You don't really get that sort of same impact from Eddie. Saka's been in and out of form as well. So like you said, fundamental things in and around like sort of a traditional number 10 can have that impact. Just another thing as well on Havertz, I mean, it might be the time, like Rob was saying, in terms of rotating people, where Odegaard does come out of the firing line a little bit and rest, and they play Havertz in that role a little bit. Just for a game or two, yeah. Yeah, that traditional eight role is not really suiting Havertz, but he might be able to play a little bit higher up. So that could be an option to try and get him on the ball in the right areas as well. It's like you say, Rob, it, well, sometimes fans get
0: a little bit sick of having nothing to talk about, don't they? So they, they'll pick on a, a player, even when you're at the top of the league and you're flying. And then it's a bit like, yeah, just for something to say. Fans are so it,
1: fickle.
2: It Obviously, because we, we, we follow our own teams, Twitter, don't we? So sometimes we're a little bit blinded to what, Obviously, yeah. we watch the games, but we're a little bit blinded to what's happening in, for example, Liverpool spaces or Man United spaces. But it's just, it's I, I just I find everything so reactive. It's like people are talking about Saka's not having a good season, and you think he's mm. contributed like to, in every single game. It, it, yeah. I, I just feel I just feel everything's so reactive, isn't it, with social media and yeah.
0: Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Because players will get built up as well, don't they? And, and in some like inexperienced or childish supporters' minds, they want Saka to score thirty-eight goals in thirty-eight
2: games, like Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. It doesn't but, work like that. Did you guys watch Monday night football last week? And it made me appreciate that you know there aren't just a big six or seven in the league. Like Gary O'Neill mm-hmm. was on there, and he talked it about how wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. And I thought you know he, he's he's had a game plan for over a week. Of how he's going to beat Bournemouth away. So, Sheffield United, yeah, we should be beating them. But do you think Sheffield United are coming to the Emirates and thinking, "Alright, okay, right"? Well, they've obviously worked all week on how they're going to try and stop Arsenal. I thought Gary O'Neill's uh, little little section on Monday Night Football was amazing. Like how he literally showed that this is what he's been working on, and and it worked. He showed he showed an example in the game against Bournemouth how he got two players on the left hand side. <clears throat> Trying to attract other players to the ball, and then it was Gomez just dropped into a space, played the ball to him, and all of a sudden you're on the turn and you're in on their back four. But every single team in the Premier League, in in the Championship, in League One, in League Two are working on are working on this diligently every single week. So I feel mm. like sometimes we need to like understand that it's not just a case of oh, okay, we've got better players in this team. It's all about tactics.
1: It's yeah, all system, about tactics. It? Yeah, hundred
0: percent, mm, mate. Uh, is everyone united in wanting Bournemouth to get relegated now for sacking Gary O'Neill after his performance on Monday Night Football? He won a lot <laughs> of fans, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you look where Bournemouth are uh, compared to Wolves now and the way he speaks, uh, he won a lot of fans. It was unbelievable. They sacked him, especially after the way he performed last year, especially after Scotty Parker saying he hasn't been backed by the board and were up against it. They sacked Scotty Parker. Gary Neal come in and perform miracles and then sacked him. Like
1: the mind yeah. boggles. Grass ain't always greener, innit? And like some ownership models, they just like get excited and they just think flavour of the month. Chelsea did it with Potter, didn't they? That look how that turned out. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it, sometimes you just got to stick with what you've got. If it's working, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. And I think they they regretted that massively with that decision sacking Gary O'Neill. But, yeah, it's I saw... Tony totally it's Stoke. That's the one I always think of. Yeah. You get too yeah. big for your... You try to
0: yeah. fix something that ain't broken. The next minute he's gone and you're relegated. That's but I, th- I feel like
2: these owners that are not very clued up get sucked into... Social media and what the fans have to say. You look at Birmingham mm. City, for example. They're sixth in the league. When was it like Birmingham have been fighting relegation for the last three years? Yeah, no. And they've gone and got they've gone and got Rooney, and he's just lost his first two games. And the fans are already <laughs> going crazy. It's like what's Rooney's going on? Rooney's never been a good manager. He's yeah, I, know,
0: been but, <laughs> I know, but... Rooney, Frank so Lampard, Steven
1: Gerrard. When are they going to learn these owners? Like, Not every player can become a football manager. They need to just Jack. They need to stop you, this, man. Seriously. Do,
2: do, do you know who I was? Who I was thinking of for Manu? I'm not going to say it's going to be the
1: Manu manager, but everyone
2: looks at mm-hmm. Manu, and, and and you you always want a legend to become the manager of your club. But sometimes, we, like Arteta's not a legend of Arsenal. Don't get me wrong; he's a good player, played in the Champions League. But what's yeah. the name of the manager at Ipswich? What's his Kieran name?
1: McConnell.
2: Yeah, like look at him. He clearly yeah, is a good manager. He's clearly yeah. a like, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Man United manager, don't get me it wrong. A great football, aren't they? Yeah, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, every, mm. we get fixated on these names. Like, Arsenal fans were talking about Thierry Henry being the manager. Yeah. It <laughs> <Just> doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Make I think any sense.
1: Thing what you're alluding to, Robin, you've hit the nail on the head, actually. It's the pressure of managing a big club, though, as well. Like That is the big thing that these players like. There's only an elite crop of managers that can do that. And Arteta is not quite there yet, but he's still young. I think he can get into that elite. When I think of elite managers in the Premier League now, I genuinely think Klopp and Pep are a cut above the rest. They just are in terms of their machines, the way they just churn out the results and the ability to play football that they do week in, week out standards out of players improving players at the rate that they do i just think them two are just a little bit further ahead of the rest of the pack And just alluding to United, I thought Ten Hag was going to be in at least that next bracket underneath. But I just can't even put him in, like, literally the top eight or nine matches in the league at the moment, bro. Like, it's just that bad for United. Like, the football we're playing. And I know people are saying injuries and hierarchy and structure and and all that, but I'm just like, we've all played ball to a half decent-ish level, even amateur level. Like, even if you play for flipping Keyworth or, or whatever, you don't you don't care who owns Keyworth, do you? Or, like, Clifton Orwight. Who, who, who owns Clifton Orwell? It's Like, you don't think about that when you put your boots on on the Saturday. So all this jazz about, oh, it's because we haven't got an, a director of football or whatever. It's just, it go, it's going too far, the excuses that we're using. Ten spent a lot of money, got a lot of injuries, and it's just getting out of hand. Like, this football needs to change, or I think he's on a tightrope. I really do. Trav, you're taking <laughs> lines out of
0: tomorrow's Man Manchester mate. Don't, don't,
1: don't give me that, mate. I don't care. Tomorrow, you'll hear the same energy, mate. Uh, Dan from Two Blues is in. A up. Cheers,
0: Dan. Cheers I for did, joining, man. as always, brother. Um uh, my prediction: five yeah. nil Arsenal. He's
1: lead. going
0: for the five piece, five <laughs> piece as well. Five piece chick. clean. <laughs> five piece no fries. Saliba clean sheet a hat-trick for Saka and two penalties for Odegaard Gee. Um, yeah honestly it's going to be comprehensive, it's going to be easy it's going to be a joy for Rob to watch um, yeah that's pretty much it, I'm going to put these score predictions in the description for anyone that hasn't joined us if anyone has joined us made this far, don't forget to like and subscribe, Rob we're going to try and do a Manchester Derby preview tomorrow at some point with Trav and our pal Naz you're always welcome to join brother um, if you want to, we'll let you know if you can make it sound. And if you can't, no worries about it. Uh Five nil, Scott. And I thought you're a Liverpool fan, Dan. Have you seen my free hit on FPL? Go <laughs> check it out. I've gone <laughs> all well, in. Rob, Rob's told me off for using a free hit, not on a double game week. I'm learning all the time. I'm like a sponge. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm come on, got Salah. Got to, got to use them. Salah, free captain. The Rob, game. who
2: have yeah, Liverpool I'm got that- this
1: weekend?
0: Nottingham Forest at home. Oh, Sunday, two crazy. o'clock. I've um, captained Salah yeah, as well. I've kept Salah captain. He was captain last week against Everton as well when many chose Haaland. So I was over the moon with that. I think it was an, a 36 point haul. Um so I'm chasing you down, Rob, at the top of the top of the league. I tell you what, Rob, yeah, mate, Dan that, from listen, two Blues. Listen. He's uh, he's <laughs> in our league. <laughs> yeah. He's Mikasa Su Casa Let's well, um,
2: you've used that three hit, so I'm confident now.
0: Do you find like teams that have obviously uh, homed in on Villa and Arsenal having two easy home games and Liverpool? Do you get a double game week where three clubs have got two easy games? Yeah,
2: sometimes it does happen. Yeah, yeah. it does happen. It does happen. Yeah, I am a firm believer is you, is you don't have more than three players from each team because if they have a bad game, it ruins your game week.
0: It's like, well, you can't so have ten- more
2: than three, can you? Yeah, Don't no, tell I mean, him the I, secrets, Rob. Man, I, I stick to two, <laughs> t- two players, two players for each team. That's what I try and stick
0: to. I oh, know more than two.
2: Yeah, yeah because if they have a bad game, if they have a bad game, you, you're done, aren't you? Really? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's difficult to get out of that hole. So I try and stick with two players. I was tempted to put the RB in, but I just thought I've got Watkins, Dinia and the RB. It's too many Villa players. It's like Villa are not Villa aren't Real Madrid or Man City, are they? They can have an off day, so.
0: Well, they yeah, they went yeah. strong last night, didn't they, Robin? The yeah, Conference League's yeah. so a bit panicking yeah. now. They played all pretty much the first team, and a lot of them played the full ninety minutes. But I've got Watkins, Cash, and Dinya, so I'm like panicking yeah, that this free is all gone no, I think you'll time. be all
2: right? I think they should keep a
0: clean sheet at home to Luton. So I think you've. I think you're so. Right um, but honestly, I thought it was, I was just saving triple captain for a double game week. But what do I know? Um, <laughs> right, lads. We're going to be having, if anyone's made it this far, we're going to be streaming pretty much all weekend. Uh, we're going to try and break some records for previews, match reactions, Liverpool Forest, um, Man United, Man City, the Derby, watch along, uh, match reaction. Let's see how many we can do. Three or four streams. You up for it, Trav? Yeah, let's do it And uh, Rob, you can join on any of them We'll see you in the group yeah, chat Yeah, of course,
2: man If I'm there If I'm around, I'll join
0: 100% yeah, man. Nice one Cheers, lads Cheers you What a headshot